How do companies create a culture and core values that employees actually live out? The team at The Receptionist, a bootstrapped Denver-based software company, sets out to answer that very question. Welcome to The Fabric Podcast. You're listening to part four of five of our employee supremacy series with Michael Ashford and Andy Alsop. All right, everyone, welcome back. We're in episode four of our five-part series on employee supremacy and our just cause here at The Receptionist. And of course, Andy here, our president and CEO, is back with me. And Andy, we've been talking a lot about employee supremacy, but I think maybe perhaps the question on people's mind is, okay, if employee supremacy is so great, why are more people doing it then? It's true. You know, <laughs> so employee supremacy, there's just a basically a contrast. Uh, shareholder supremacy is where all of the leaders of organizations are focused on what is best for the shareholders and what's going to grow shareholder value. Um, now, employee supremacy says that shareholder value is just as important, but there's a different way to go about it. You're focusing on your employees. You're focusing on the community around you. You are focusing on the things that are going to help the company grow, but not just by saying we're going to get a boatload of capital and we're just going to force everybody to work hard. You're actually focusing on your employees. And then what you have is what Simon Sinek calls trusting teams. And when you have employees that trust the company, trust each other, and trust that the leadership team has their, their best interest at heart, amazing things happen. And I think that's a lot of what we're talking about today. So that's a little bit about you know employee supremacy. And I'm going to pick a lot at your CEO brain today because I want to know, like, what, what do you think it's like as a CEO to look out and see teams lying, hiding, faking? What do you think it's like to try and lead and manage a company like that? <laughs> well, <laughs> one of the things you end up, it, it's almost like your personnel issues and your employee issues become almost the dominant thing that you're always focusing on. Mm. You know, and if you're in a larger company, maybe it's not the leaders because the leadership team is is focusing on strategy and where they're going to take the company. But it's your your director, it's your VPs, your directors, your, you know, your middle managers. And they're having to deal with, this is what I hear from above in terms of what we need to be doing. And this is what I'm seeing is happening with my employees. There's infighting. There's, uh, you know, the lying, hiding, and faking. So people are lying to because they don't feel like they... They can trust anybody. So they have to like sit there and say, okay, I'm going to make it look like I'm working, you know, but I'm not actually working <laughs> or you're hiding because you don't want to be part of that decision because if you stick your head up, it might get chopped off or you're faking, you know, you might actually be doing some like, I'm going to actually, you know, make uh, it's almost like the Wells Fargo thing that came down from below oh, yeah, where yeah. go open as many accounts as you mm -hmm. possibly can, because that's a metric that improves our shareholder value. So there's employees saying, okay, I'm being told to open a, an account for Bob, who's now dead or whatever else. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that ends up happening. So how is it managing a company like that? It's hell. It's hell. Because Every no nobody's in alignment. Nobody really feels like this company cares about me. They care so much about the bottom line. They care so much about share the shareholder value that it it is a constant conflict. I don't think this is the right way to do it, but I have to do it. Is it would it be appropriate to label it as adversarial? I'd say so. Yeah, I would say so. And there's there's different levels at our company that happens. You know, there there's a lot of companies I hear people saying, I run an employee focused company. And it and I say that's great. 
But underneath, if you are running an employee-focused company, underneath is shareholder-focused, right? Because if you've gotten money from your shareholder, from your investors, and the investors have come in and say, "Look, you need to be focusing on me first and foremost," and then the investor says, "I am so happy you're employee-focused," but then you get out over in front of your skis, you're spending too much money because you're going through capital, a pandemic hits, <laughs> and then all of a sudden the, the the investors are saying that capital is precious. It's more precious than the people, right? So we are we have to get let go of the people to preserve the capital. Now, in some cases, they're saying, look, if we don't preserve the capital, the whole company is going to go under. But what's happened is you've gotten the company into a position where you've kind of like pull back the reins because you're spending way too much. There's definitely companies that, that I've seen even in, in the visitor management space that went and got rid of employees. And then six months down the, lo- the the road, went back, got more capital, and rehired people. It was almost like an excuse to say, we're going to get rid of the bottom 20% of performers, and we're going to blame it on COVID. Conflict, adversarial, that's not, that's not a decision that I can, I can live with, you know? And conflict and adversarial, because if it were me, I wouldn't be able to do it. I would be in conflict with my investors. Yeah. If we're, you know, we're a bootstrap company. Uh, I only have, we have investment just from my, my two brothers in the very early days and we've been running bootstrap since then and been growing, which was great. But if we do ever bring on capital, those investors are going to know exactly about employee supremacy and about our just cause. And if that doesn't sit well with them, then, you know, they're not going to be one of our investors. Yeah. You mentioned the people there and we really want to focus this episode on our people here at the receptionist. And I think if if you've got conflict and adversarial an adversarial nature in a in a shareholder supremacy environment, I got to say the opposite of that in my mind is is harmony and engagement. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a, in an employee supremacy world where the employees are valued and and seen as more than just a line item. So, what are your favorite examples of what what our engaged team members have been able to do or have felt the freedom to do uh, here at The Receptionist because of, of where we work. Okay. I, I think one of my favorite examples is, uh, you know, Tom Foster, our director of sales, and, uh, and Hannah, I guess we're having a one-on-one. Um, and I think it was Hannah that said, I want to start a culture club. And I remember Tom coming back to me and saying, hey, uh, Andy, I just wanted you to know Hannah and I have started a culture club. And I'm like, <laughs> what's a culture club? I had no idea what it was. What Hannah wanted to do was to embrace our culture and really focus on it. So to be able to develop a club within the organization, which then was focused on what our core values were in our culture, and then go out there and like support organizations and have a budget. So to be able to invest in organizations that we think are really doing a, a great job out in the community. And then also supporting our culture. So all of a sudden, you know, that now we have an annual gift that that's just sort of grown out of it. Where I mean, I know one year we had uh we had jackets who were really cool and we took pictures in the jackets. <laughs> and then uh I think uh, last year we had these um, you know, what are they, the Bluetooth uh speakers. Which I use. Every day. I know. I was going to say, I use <laughs> mine all the time. <laughs> and all of this was done not because I did anything, not because Tom, as a part of leadership, said we had to do it. It just evolved out of it. It evolved because Hannah, I hope, 
believes that she, the company has her back and she can be free to be bold, which is one of our core values, and just go out there and and try things and and do this. And it's been amazing because you know as we're trying to support the culture. That would fall probably on me to come up with ideas. I'm not that really good at it, you know? <laughs> and, and they're doing an amazing job. Now, other members of the team have become a part of it. It's one of my favorite examples. Okay. There's got to be others. So oh, let's, yeah. Let's go into some others oh, yeah. here. What else do you got? Well, the one I think we talk about all the time, and I think you and I were talking about this just before, which is um, uh, James, who is our uh, creative manager. Yeah. He put together... He, I almost want you to tell the story, but <laughs> he put together this this fabric wrap. Fabric being our core values and the ones you see see yeah, before written us, here on the yeah, wall. right on the walls. Fun, authentic, bold, respectable, innovative, and collaborative. And every we employee can, can just rip them off like, like that. that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, he just put together a wrap, and one day just kind of dropped it and just said, "Hey, everybody, I put this wrap together." Now we have it on the website. We pr promoted it on LinkedIn and it talks about like what fabric is, the F in fabric and the A in authentic. And it's this <laughs> like amazing piece of work that he did. And he did it all on his own. Michael, who is his I boss. I had no idea right, about did not it. say anything to him. Nor was I, uh, not, uh, not a thought entered my mind when he did it. Like, how much time did this take? Right, like, exactly. what could he have been doing otherwise? I was like, this is amazing. Right. <laughs> I can't wait to share this with everyone. It wasn't like a project <laughs> that was put on the marketing team's list. No. It was just something And it didn't have did. lead goals attached to it. Right. But again, I'll be the marketing director here. You know, we've had, we've had people reach out to our employees, other employees saying, I've seen that on your website. That is incredible. It's one of the most engaged posts that we've ever made yep. on LinkedIn. You know, where a lot of our buyers are. I mean, it's, it's, yes, it's a branding thing for sure, but it was never intended to be that. It was just James felt strongly enough about us, this company, our culture, that it actually means something to go and do a, an incredible project like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With no goals around yeah. it or anything else. It was just like a fun thing. Um, there's, there's another example I love as well is we, we ended up doing this, uh, Microsoft teams integration and with the Microsoft teams integration, um, it was really important that everybody who is customer facing knew exactly what was going on with the teams integration, how it worked, you know, all that. And so Alex from our engineering team, um, ended up going out and making appointments with every single member who is going to be customer facing to educate them on exactly how the Teams integration worked. Now, it wasn't Delin, his boss, that said, you need to go out and do that. This was Alex just saying, I know this is what's in the best interest of the company. And so you look at a couple of these examples, and you might say, oh, that is so neat. That's so fun of you guys <laughs> over there to do that stuff. You guys are so cute, right? Well, if you think about it, if you're in a shareholder supremacy company where, com where your employees don't feel like they are trusted, and that feel they can go out and make a fabric wrap or whatever else, they're lying, hiding, and faking. They're, they're settling back saying, I'm just going to do what I'm told. At five o'clock when I'm done, I am moving on. And I'm not thinking about the company. Under employee supremacy, you now have employees who are thinking about your company mm -hmm. at times, maybe even a weekend. They might be doing whatever. They might be on a hike or something. Oh, I just had a great idea. I want to do something because of that freedom. That is a huge shift when you have employees that engaged who are ready to say, I'm going to think about not because anybody told me, <laughs> but because I just love what I'm doing and I feel trusted to come out and say, I'm going to make a bold idea. 
hope everybody, you know, <laughs> thinks this is good, but they're not feeling like they're going to be berated as a result for it. So I'll tell you one of our, one of our campaigns, which we called the not your receptionist campaign. We are the receptionist for iPad, but we wanted to really play up the fact that we work really well with a human. So we're not your receptionist. We're not replacing your receptionist. Came while I was in, I was doing a workout. <laughs> like it's just going through my head, you know, to, to your point, these things come up as, as the company or as the employees want to do right by the company because the company is doing right by them. Right. Right. Now to, again, to get into your CEO brain here, Andy, what is it like for you as a CEO to see an employee, to see so many examples of employees doing this? Like you're running a company. Yes. That you're the primary shareholder. Right. And, and obviously you want to see that grow and we are growing, but what is it just, I gotta, I gotta feel it's like a proud, you and I are both dads. Like it's a proud Papa Bear (laughs) moment, right? It is totally, (laughs) totally proud. I'll be, there are times sometimes where I'm just kind of in the office. It's the end of the day. Everybody, we're, we're in the office, which is nice. Not everybody's in the office, but you know, (laughs) where at the end of the day, I just kind of look around in the office and I say, this is, this is a group of human beings that care for each other. I care very much for them. Um, they are putting everything out there for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm seeing that going through COVID was really, you know, the, the way we stayed together, the way we were communicating, the way we were all enjoying each other's company online or whatever else. I feel like, I felt like that is a place where the employees can come back to and have kind of a safe space. Yeah. And how many times do you get that in work? You know, it's not really, you know, a lot of times you'll make friends and work and things like that. Yeah. But just to know that in front of the group, I can say, hey, man, we've even had employees like, I'm not doing so well right now. Yeah, I'm, not fe- I'm not feeling really great. Go take some, some time for yourself. How can we support you? That makes me incredibly proud, especially after the decades of experiences I've been through where I just have been conflicted. I was the president. And somebody else was the CEO and the CEO is very much shareholder supremacy. You know, we've got to grow this company and that's the company where I ended up Mm -hmm. having in the last episode I talked about or one of the previous episodes talking about having to let somebody go right before Christmas. That doesn't happen, you know? Yeah. It feels very... And we're we're bootstrapped, right? So we're in a studio and we have all this stuff (laughs) around us. We're succeeding. And it's not just because I'm saying we have to succeed and we need to make money and I need to, to get rich. I know that we're doing this because we have a cause in front of us and it makes me incredibly proud. And I, that's why I want to go out there and tell everybody about this because I don't, I'm not the only one, I'm not the only person who can do this. Anybody can do this. You shift your mentality. You shift to a point of just saying, I'm going to focus on employee supremacy. I'm going to focus on, on my, on my employees. My leadership team's going to do it. And I talked to actually, I have a lot of CEOs and young entrepreneurs re- reaching out to me to ask me about this. Somebody just this past fr- Friday, I was on the, on the phone with uh, somebody and I was asking like, what kind of, wow, we've got all these personnel issues and there's conflict and nobody seems to be on the same page. Like, this is how you can change that. We have had several examples of people hearing these thoughts from you on other podcasts or from this podcast that have said, we've implemented these things. Yep at our company and it's making a difference. Yep, exactly. And you know, what is it that you always say, Andy? You you wanted to create a company that where everybody wants to come and work for the company and nobody ever wants to leave. That's it. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I I absolutely think you've you've built that and fostered that here. I want to throw people for a little bit of a loop here too. Um one of the things, you know, these were examples of of employees of ours 
going and doing something of their own volition, but something that we did during COVID that I think could really throw people for a loop here was we stopped measuring stuff Mm -hmm. uh, and said, marketing, let's not report on, let's not have a goal of leads or a goal of pipeline generated sales. Hey, bring in what you can. I saw a lot of people say, I'm under the gun right now because employees, like employers are freaking, my boss is freaking out that stuff's not coming in. So they raised our goal and we said, do what you can. Mm-hmm. Well, what went into that thought process, Andy? I thought that was, uh, that. I'll be honest with you, that was, that was tough to kind of let go because we had that imagine. conversation at mm-hmm. the at the leadership level and there was a little bit of like, I went rock climbing a long time ago and I was on the rock about, you know, 20 feet up in the air. And my buddy who was belaying me said, just let go of the rock. And uh, I said, I don't know if I can do it. I let go of the rock and it's hung on the rope. I was like, ooh, I had like, it's the greatest time. It felt like that. Felt like, you know, we were saying as a leadership team, let go of those, you know, uh, of the rock at this point. And I think we did. And because we didn't know what was happening. I mean, it's COVID. We don't know who's going to be, you know, there are people who are going to say, I don't need this anymore. Nobody's coming into my office. We had a lot of people doing that. Yeah. So what we just said was, let's focus on doing the best we can. Now, if we didn't have an environment like we do under employee supremacy, where everybody trusts everybody, again, these trusting teams, I keep going back to it. If we didn't have that, I don't think that we could have just said, okay, just do your best out there, right? I don't think that would have worked in a, in a shareholder supremacy company. Because you would have had lying, hiding, and faking. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and other people saying, managers saying, you're not working hard enough and everything else, and I don't know, whatever. You know, it, it just wouldn't have worked. But in our environment, because we have this trust among everybody, everybody worked hard. Yeah. We didn't have to tell them to work hard. We were doing amazing things, you know? I just remember your team pivoting. You know, we pivoted to, uh, you know, focusing on yeah. manufacturing and, and supply chain stuff because, you know, supply chain, remember, they go back to those going. days when you couldn't find toilet couldn't paper, find right? Toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And your team made these videos and all these things and we did the promotion and we generated a lot of business from the supply chain as a result. Not because I said so, because that's what we did as a team. And we so. grew, I'll say each of the two years of the pandemic, I know it's not over as we record this right. in May, 2022, but- we grew as a company in both 2020 and in 2021 and continue to have cash reserves in yep. the bank. Uh, we never laid off anyone during yep. the pandemic while our rivals, unfortunately, had to. Right. Uh, we increased benefits. We added mental health stipends, just like all these things. Yeah. And yet we grow. Yep. And we grew through the whole thing, which that is something that makes me very proud because that was not we have to grow by X percentage. It was more like, let's focus on the people. Let's make sure that everybody feels engaged and feels like they've got a, a good place to go to, that this isn't going to go away. And and so we said, we did things like we raised employee benefits because what better way for an employee to feel <laughs> like this is going to, we're going to stick around if I'm paying less for my premiums, you know? And so to be able to do that was just, that is what allowed us, I think, to grow without having to say, okay, by this quarter, we have to do this percentage and that kind of thing. Maybe a little bit vulnerable and under the hood here as well, but how does this make the conversation when things don't go well? And and let's bring it to, you know, we had had a tradition of, of giving out employee bonuses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, last year, we didn't. Yep. We didn't give out those bonuses. 
what is that conversation like when you go to the team and say, look, we didn't perform as well as we wanted to. Here's the reasons why. How do you think that message was received by the team? And what was it like for you as CEO? It's a little nervous. I was a little nervous about that. But, you know, they talk about the emotional bank account. And you you get this emotional (laughs) bank account with your employees. And if that emotional bank account is empty and you go to them and say, you know, you're not getting a, a bonus, then that is seen as great. There we go. You know, you've, you've firing people and we're not going to get a bonus, whatever, right? But because we had focused so strongly on our employees and wanted to make sure that they were cared for and, and we were putting them first in a, in a very difficult time during a pandemic, when we said we're not going to be able to do a bonus, I looked around the room and everybody was like, it's okay, no problem. You know, we're still here. We're, we're still, still here. It. We're going like, to fight for this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and like we talked about in the last episode, we've only had one person voluntarily leave the company in seven years. And that's why. It's because the employees know that they're trusted and they're going to be that. that that's the focus. And so when you say you're not, we're not going to get bonuses, those emotional bank accounts are, they're nice and full, <laughs> you know? You know, we also, at the time, we also got to say, here's how we're making investments that hopefully will pay off for us in the future as well. You alluded all the way back in episode one of this series to some new stuff that we're working on to really push the boundary and and have some existential flexibility with all that we've learned during COVID. Um, but we also gave something to look forward to as well. Yeah. And I think that also, as we begin to wrap this episode up, doesn't employee supremacy give employees something to look forward to when they come to work. Yeah, absolutely. I think so because I think I think I feel like everybody is energized. They jump out of bed like I'm ready I'm I'm you know, I've got that idea. I want to go work on it or whatever. They're not it's not the dread, you know. Oh, great. I've got to get up and got to go do this whole thing over again. And that you just get amazing things happening from that as a result when you have employees that engage who feel that strongly about the company. And they they fight for the company, you know. They really fight for the company. Sometimes I know that, you know, we might get a a return or something, and an employee will say, "Oh, I don't think we should get." No, no, no. It's all right. It's all right. You know, they <laughs> they just it's like it's theirs, right? It's their baby, and they don't want anything. They don't want anything to change that. Well, I'm excited. I'm enthused b- about this, and we've got one episode left of this, and we're gonna help kind of again pick your brain a little bit more as a CEO to help share how other companies can begin to implement some of this stuff. We've talked about so much stuff that it could be it could feel overwhelming. Yep. Perhaps not saying you have to do it all, but at first you got to change the mindset, right? Like Absolutely. It, I'll, I'll let you kind of wrap us up for this episode and lead us into episode 5 of this series. It's got to be a mindset shift, doesn't it? Yeah, it has to be a shift in perception. And it can't just be a shift in perception of the CEO. It has to be the leaders of the organization that have that shift in perception. So what we're going to talk about in the next episode is very simple steps. Some of the most impactful changes that have happened in our history, the history of the world, are actually some of the simplest things. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, going from shareholder supremacy to employee supremacy it's not really this massive thing. The things that don't get implemented are those things that are complicated that have 43 steps that have to be taken to do this and that. <laughs> this is a simple concept, but it is. It's a shift in perception. It's a shift in, in, in your mindset and a shift of thinking. And once you make that shift, the, the rest of it follows. Fantastic. We'll be back to wrap it up in episode five of this five-part series. Thanks so much, Andy. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Fabric Podcast. 
If you want to see a video version of the show, jump over to thereceptionist.com slash fabric, where you can watch video episodes of all of the content that we've put out on this podcast. You can see our bright, smiling faces, and you can see what our studio looks like as well. If you would like to give the receptionist for iPad visitor management system a try in your office, jump over to thereceptionist.com slash free trial and sign up for a free trial. No credit card required and give us a try. See what you think. Until next time, take care. <laughs>